Hello and welcome to On and Off the Pitch. I hope you're well. Uh, we catch up on the latest round of games in the Women's FA Cup. I visited uh, the Princess Park, uh, where London City Lionesses played host to Liverpool in the Cup. So under an ever-changing sky, uh, London City Lionesses uh, were in competition and it was a, a very interesting game considering recent events, a very interesting game. Uh, this game would be an indication, right, following certain departures, if the uh, sudden change of uh, head coach would result in a change of fortunes on the pitch. Uh, would it see a change in the level of intensity, attitude, application, fortune? Or would it be the game that alters fortunes of the players associated with the club? So many questions and all will hopefully be answered in due course. So in terms of the game itself, the results, well, the result was both important and secondary. That's, let's be true, it, it really was. Liverpool being a, a WSL team, probably would have been very heavily favoured as uh, the winners in this game, and they would go and win the game. Uh, Liverpool's dominance and football experience was clear to see from the opening segment of the game. Uh, their first shot and cross arrived in the first minute. And and this would be a consistent theme uh, throughout uh, the first and second half. Uh, London City Lionesses, LTL for short, uh, I'd say they found it difficult to get a foothold in the first first half. Um, whatever they put together in terms of chances was scrappy or scraps. They're fed off scraps. Uh, their attempts to be, I would say their attempts to be recognised in the first half as an opponent was a non-event. Let's let's put it that way. If we're being honest, it, their, their attempts to be recognised as an opponent was a non-event. And this is not surprising. They had players missing. They've had a change in management, which I'll talk about in a bit. But also they had players in different positions, with some who'd previously be playing central, they were out wide, some were playing in defence. Um, so this was this was a, a new day, new dawn, so to speak. Uh, one of the things that did stand out in terms of the game, that they were unable to, to utilise the, the wide players that they had available. Liverpool were using a, um, a back three, and they did that very well. But on the odd occasions when London City Lionesses had the ball, they just didn't pick their heads up to pick that pass. They couldn't find um, Boa on the left. Uh, she, there was a bit of, bit of frustration there from her because she, she was wide open on a number of occasions. The pass didn't come. Uh, whether or not they didn't know that she was there or they just didn't have the ability to, to look up and find the player in space uh, was telling. Um, so in terms of that, that they were unable to contend with Liverpool's ability generally all over the pitch. What Liverpool did really well is that they would um, always have a player that went offside. It was really strange. The back four were confused as hell. Uh, didn't know whether to go with the player. The player would then come back onside and then they would fail to pick up the runs from deep. So they had an inability to stop that. And this happened on a number of occasions. Um, and I have to be honest, I think the the, the Liverpool head coach, uh, Matt Beard, was I think he was quite upset. I think he was quite upset. You know, going in at half-time, only one goal up, considering the bulk of possession that his team had and, and the way in which they 
not so much they they did dominate play and create a number of chances. Uh, this was probably a, a first half that he, he probably would have liked more goals. Uh, so in terms of the story, plenty of opportunities, plenty of chances, plenty of uh, crosses, uh, but only one, only one goal. So the visitors, I would say, were not so much wasteful in front of goal, but they didn't take the opportunities as they should. Uh, the LCL keeper, Maloney, made a number of fine saves uh, throughout the game, especially in the first half. Um, and also, I think there was a, there was a fair share of, of luck as, as an option when, when it comes to Liverpool not scoring more than one in the first 45 minutes. Uh, what is noticeable, right, really, from for me, was how fluid teams are on the ball in the WSL in comparison to their championship cousins. Is it the, the full time? Is it the, the number of hours they spend training? It, it, it could be, could be, but doesn't necessarily have to be. It could be. You can't always put down the, the ability to pass a ball because you're in either full-time or not full-time. There are people out there who can play football very well and are not professional in any way, sense of the, the, the word. Uh, so there's that. In the second half, there would be a much better shape and approach to the game from London City Lionesses. Uh, much more forward-thinking, especially latter part, middle to latter part of the second half, but it was a much better performance. Um and that posed some problems in a slightly uncomfortable period at times for, for Liverpool. Individual battles uh, were more even than they were previously, I'd say. They were, they were definitely London City Lionesses made themselves uh, much more visible in terms of as, as an opposition, uh, even though the bulk of the possession would still go um, to Liverpool. And and with that, Liverpool would, would score another goal uh, to make it to... Um, uh, one in the first half, second goal by Lola. What a very good strike, really, really good strike. So in terms of the game itself, Liverpool go on to the next round. Uh, London City Lionesses don't go on. You know, this is, let's um, not pre-season, but they would have probably wanted to go on. But I, in terms of fixtures, they have bigger concerns coming up, much bigger concerns. Uh, standout players in this game. For me, I would say uh, Fitzgerald, who played at right back, who has been playing uh, further up the pitch, but uh, always committed, always comfortable on the ball, looks to go forward. Um, and for Liverpool, uh, Nagano uh, in the midfield, central, there but not there. You, not necessarily a player that I would say stands out, but when the ball is... Uh, close to her when she's on the ball. Very simple, keeps the game moving really nicely for Liverpool. Moves moves the ball very easily. And football is a very easy game. And, uh, um, and Liverpool had a number of players. Uh, Parry, I believe, was on the right-hand side of causing a whole heap of problems on uh, the London City Lionesses' left-hand side in defence. They, they didn't know where they were going. Uh, she had so much space, she could have gone to the shop and come back and they still wouldn't have got close to her. So there is that. So Liverpool, two. London City Alliance is the host. Nil. And uh, we're going to go, we're going to talk a little bit more about London City Alliance because I think it's really, really important. It, it is, it is. I, I, we'll do the results first. We'll do the results. 
we'll do the results first. Cup results. Uh, games, the results of the Women's FA Cup, um, sponsored by whoever. Uh, London City Lionesses, as we know, uh, they would lose by uh, two goals to nil to the visitors. Uh, Leicester City, who played on Saturday, big scoreline for them. Uh, six, Birmingham two. Uh, Tottenham uh, faced Charlton. Tottenham would win by one goal to nil. Arsenal, ooh, I don't even want to go there. Should I go? No, I won't go there yet. Uh, Wolverhampton Wanderers one, Brighton and Hove Albion four. So Brighton do do a good job there. Chelsea won, Crystal Palace nil. Uh, Southampton won, Manchester United three. So uh, the Red Devs are, are, are happy days for them. And Nottingham Forest won, Everton won. So, right, Arsenal nil, Manchester City nil. Now, if you've not seen it, <laughs> if you haven't seen the highlights, you can find them on YouTube uh, or, or if you go into Google. Arsenal fans, Arsenal players, Arsenal, they must be thinking they were robbed in this game. That ball looks over the line. It, it looks so over the line. But hey, you know what? That's what officials are there for. If they didn't call it, this is what football used to be like before VAR. So before people get, you know, kind of hit up and like, oh, we need technology. Well, we need decent stadiums first and a decent pitch, but technology will come. But the video footage that's there, don't need VAR for that. It looked like it was over the line. I don't know what you think, but I think I will be very upset. Definitely very upset. Very, very upset. Um, so anyway. Enough of that. We're going to talk a little bit about uh, London City Lionesses and what's going on for them in the league just after this. Right. Um, London City Lionesses. Right. They have um, changed their manager. Right. They were due to play. They were due to play in a cup game the previous week. Uh, the game was postponed and literally um, 40 minutes, 30 minutes later, they had confirmed that they had parted company with the former head coach, uh, Carolina Maracci, and uh, the assistant, Nicola Williams. You know, a very brief, a very brief um, statement, you know, saying that they parted company, parted company with the, the head coach, an assistant, and they would, you know, like to thank both Carolina and Nicola for their contributions this season. It is, it is a very difficult thing to kind of get your head around considering what's going on in the league, but it's understandable. They have taken the decision to remove the manager because they're pretty close to relegation. Now, London City Lionesses are in 10th place. They have 12 points. Lewis are at the bottom of the league, and they have 10 points. Watford win away in the last round of uh, league games. So they're off the bottom, and they have 12 points. And Reading have 15. So really, those bottom four, they're all in the mix. They're all in the mix now. And it's going to be interesting going forward. What's going to happen to the clubs? Now, uh, Michel Kang has come in. I believe that things behind the scenes are moving at a great pace. They're changing things in terms of how they do, well, not so much business, but how they go about doing training, etc. Things are changing there. Um, you might even see a few more crosses coming in 
that's an inside inside joke. You'll see a few more crosses coming in for the striker, who probably will be grateful for that. Uh, but it, it does say a number of things. It's a gamble, one, because we don't know who the head coach is going to be. It's February now. What's going to happen going forward? There are only so many fixtures le left. There are some big games coming up, big games which will include teams within the bottom four as they stand right now. London City Lionesses will need to know where they stand before that fixture. They need to win. They need to score goals. They need to stop conceding goals in the fashion that they have. So in terms of the game that they played this weekend against Liverpool, in the first 45 minutes, I said it, they, they just didn't even register as if they were there, in my opinion. Second half, much better. And it, and it has to be that way for the next fixture, which is another cup game, because whoever comes in, it's going to have to look at these players and think, can I rely on you to get this club to safety? Are, are you of the right character? Do you have the right approach? Do you have the right mindset? Are you a team player? You know, in terms of what we need to do as a collective to stay safe. Uh, from my own viewpoint, I would say that they do, but there are some players that you would say don't fit that bag. They don't, they don't fit that bag. And I would say also there are some players who have the tag of international that haven't done enough. So it doesn't matter who the manager is coming in. What will those group of players do as a collective? Will people cross the line and say, I'm going to do everything I can to help you, my teammate, so that we can get three points? If that doesn't materialise, it doesn't matter who comes in. Doesn't matter who comes in. It could be anyone. It could be anyone. If it's not right on the pitch, and I know that everyone will say, oh gosh, it's about the manager. Yes, there is that as well. But there is also an element of pride. Do you want to be part of a collective that gets relegated? I hope not. I don't think anyone does. So if you're a, if you're a footballer, if you're a professional footballer, or if you're a semi-pro footballer, if you're a hybrid footballer, or if you're a footballer who has to pay subs and put up your own goals, you want to win. You want to win. You don't leave your home to lose. Just not happening. So it's going to be very interesting to see what happens next with, with regards to not only just the appointment of a manager, do they have what it takes to get away from where they are right now? You know, and only the players can answer that. And it's not about the head coach. It's not about the interim head coach. It's not about anyone else. It's about the players. What are they going to do? And if there's areas of their game, and I'm really going in right now, if, there's re if there are areas of their game that they have not improved upon since the start of the season, they have to start now. They have to start now. You know, does it sound like I'm passionate for this club? Possibly. Do I wear a scarf? No, I don't. But I'm emotionally involved. That's all I can say. That's all I can say. Yeah. Uh, a little bit more. Oh, we've got one more thing. One more thing. Uh, we're going to talk about things that we see on Twitter that we just can't get our heads around. Just Okay, so there are things that we see online, right? There are things that there are things that we see online that are real, and there are things that we see online and read online 
that people want us to believe are real. And there is a real concerted effort to mislead people online as to the validity of those things being real. No, I'm not talking about that. I'm not talking about that. I mean, Pancake Day. Now, I'm not saying that Pancake Day isn't a real thing. It's a thing. Obviously, we know that pancakes are a thing. And the day in itself is a thing. So, I'm, you know, I'm kind of, I like pancakes. Not all the time, but, I'm, you know, I think, hey, where's it come from? How's it come about? You know, the history of things. It's interesting. So I go online. And I type in Pancake Day. It's Shrove's Tuesday, I call it, or as it's called. And I start to type in Google and different things and different questions pop pop up. One of them is, what is Shrove's Tuesday called in America? I don't click on that. I think I'm not interested. Question is, is Pancake Day a British thing? So I think, oh, that's interesting. How about that? Let's click on, because I know that Britain, really, it's a magpie nation. It steals a lot of shit. Let's just call it as it is. Don't think for any minute that there's an original thing going on here, unless it's Stonehenge. But, you know, that has its limitations. Uh, so Pancake Day, this is what it says. It's This is on Twitter. Pancake Day, or Shrove Tuesday, is a special day celebrated in many countries around the world. It is celebrated in English-speaking countries like the UK, Ireland, Australia, and Canada. In France, the USA, and other countries, it's called Mardi Gras or Fat Tuesday. Fat Tuesday. Yeah, okay. Uh, that's it for this week. Uh, there's one more thing that I wanted to say is that I stand with Palestine. That's what that I'm putting. People talk about you, you don't speak freely on things that are, are meant to be real and not real. I stand with Palestine. My heart is with them. My heart is with them. Until next time, this is On and Off the Bitch. Laters.